When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hubs for Habs content. To a new season of Habs Nightly, folks. We did a cold opening, so we recorded this at the end. Uh, so will it will it match? Probably not. But it's great to be back, folks, and it's really awesome to be on our fifth season with the Hockey Podcast Network. Anyway, let's talk to Mason. No, but uh, yeah, no, I've been listening to a lot of like just generic fucking rap lately like like not even like new stuff like just like old stuff like not that old but like 2018 2017 29 like kind of like going back to like my last few years of high school heard that yeah honestly that'll be whatever that is for you that'll be something you pop back on a lot not gonna lie pretty it's like right when like uh music starts to hit home for you you know you like you start partying with that music so like I guess it holds like a you know a nice sentimental place. Yeah, but I also find just like the last like couple of years, like there's been some good in my in like the rap genre at least, there's been some good music that's come out, but nothing that's like not saying there hasn't been anything, but there hasn't been anything that I've like really held on to. You know, like there's been a lot of songs that I think were good summer songs they were good for a month but they're not gonna be like played something at the club you, yeah. five years something you're bringing you know in I mean? yeah like there's a few like doesn't have <clears> longevity <throat> yeah like like i'm thinking like like central c had that song last year uh yeah. doja like that that'll be played for a while but like i don't know like i just think a lot of the music that i like even that i hear at the bar now is still just like stuff from a couple years ago it's like artists of i don't know it's, it's just kind of a weird time in rap for me i don't know if maybe my taste is changing a little bit mm-hmm. or, or 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 oh sorry <laughs> my bad 
Um, yeah, no, it's just been kind of, kind of iffy. I don't know. Just going back to my roots a little bit. Heard that. Yeah, dude. I, uh, yeah, I, that's kind of where I am with music. I, uh, I go back to like, uh, like my, probably your age, like my music I was listening to back then, or like at least where that's when I really started developing, like, I guess a, uh, my, like my current music, uh, selections, like really started there. Or I, maybe I was just meeting more people through school and like, you know, music was a big part of my life. So that was like a major topic that was always talked about. So maybe that's when like, I started to like really like get new, new, um, I guess genres brought in to try it around, I guess, to create my yeah, own I think part palette. Of it, I think part of it too, though, is like, cause I've been listening to so much country music the last year. Uh-huh. And I don't even think it has anything to do with like my taste changing, just like country music has that but like seem like a revival. I'm sure like even you, like you don't really listen to country, but like no. I'm sure you've heard of like fucking your boy Zach Bryan, right? Like Yeah. I, I can I can I can I'm from working events for so long, I can say that there's been a spike in like country music concerts coming down here. Yeah. Like, so like, like the youth, the like, youth is like really big on like farm core. Which is weird for me because I've always liked country music, but now that it's like I liked country music when it wasn't cool to like country music. Mm-hmm. So now like it's like quote unquote in and it's just really I find it really odd. You know what I mean? Like Yeah kind of weird how much it's taken off like i'll play a country song in the car and like my buddies that don't even listen to country music will know it and i'm mm-hmm. like whoa that's kind of weird yeah it was kind of like no, listening man, like, to like uh like metal core and like emo shit and then like it becoming like the new thing and it was like you used to pick on people for listening to shit like this and now like you're you're down with it you know you, i see you at shows yeah i don't know like i think uh i think 2023 has been like a weird a weird year for music well just like not, any, not any, if you're a pain of truth God. what's that i said not if you're the band pain of truth jesus christ um uh, new album you i it's definitely i don't i don't see it being your shit uh it's a it's a hardcore album and it's got like some of the best modern hardcore pieces as like guests on it it feels more like a family like a family style album than um an album but it's fantastic it's very it's very up there for me uh but yeah 23 i fuck i can't tell you Who's really dropped music this year? Like even that's in my, what I mean. Like I don't think it's group, just you know. You know, like obviously there's been. I'm not saying there's been nothing like Zach Bryan. Or there's album. yeah, there's there's been. Drake's but it hasn't been album, like, like, memorable. Yeah, there there are people putting out music, but I just think like I don't know that I've discovered a lot of music this year. I've kind of just been like chilling with my own stuff, but mm-hmm. no, like. It's been cool to just like, you know, Hot Mulligan's new album was really good this year. What's that? 
that Hot Mulligan album was really good this year. I did like that. Yeah, I really liked that. But like, yeah, I guess we got on this subject because <laughs> I was saying since I've been at school, I've just been listening to basic stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I've kind of almost enjoyed it. Like, kind of going back to my roots and just listening to like shit. The it's like it's like you're like uh, how do I put it? Like you, you know, you have that like comfort food when you're sick. It's like that. Oh yeah, you got comfort music, man. Absolutely. Um, is is where you go to school? Is that like a a concert town? Like you got like a like acts come through? <laughs> Peterborough, Ontario, is not a concert town. No. <laughs> Damn. Damn. No, well, check I, out your local go, music uh, scene, dude. That shit's fire, I went to dude. Two concerts this summer, though. Nice. I've never been a concert guy. I was supposed to go to really. Two. Oh, dude! No, I've never. I've never been to a concert before. Oh, sick! I was supposed to go. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm having a little issues with the voice here. Um, I was supposed you to go. Water. I have a water. I'm like a little sick. Oh, word! It's, it's the second week at uni, Corey. Everyone's sick. Okay, yeah, that's true. Um, but I I was supposed to go in to two concerts in 2020 i was supposed to see nf when yeah. nf was like huge um and then covid and then we had however many years off right and then <laughs> so like i haven't really had the opportunity to go to a lot of concerts but i went to two i went to boots and hearts um i was sending you videos of that that was fucking that was sick, man. And what was like, that? What kind of what kind of music? Or is that like a festival? It's a music festival. I mean, guess what mm. kind of music it is? Oh, I'm sure it's country. Yeah, it's um <laughs> boots and hearts. I would say like I don't know, like I know there's like there's cabbie out on the east coast, and then there's one in Montreal too, and then there's some stuff out west. But in terms of like the area that I am I am in. It is the biggest country music festival. Heard that. Like all your NHL boys go to it. Like Connor McDavid, all the Leafs guys go. They're all there. Um, Very cool. And it's like a four day weekend thing. So it's on Thursday and it's on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. And people like they go up and they they get tents and you get a spot. I just went up for the day because I bought my sister and I a ticket. Mm -hmm. Like it was like her Christmas gift. And I I got to see like like my two of my favorite artists, uh, Bailey Zimmerman and Hardy. But then I was sending you videos. Nickelback was the fucking hardly <laughs> country, but Nickelback was the headliner. And I gotta tell you, like for all the grief they get, um, Chad Kroger is an amazing frontman. Oh my god, that guy can play a crowd. Hell yeah, dude! You know what's funny, um. You said Hardy, right? H A R D Y. That's yeah, uh, sorry. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude, he's got like uh, I don't know, not even collar length haircut, maybe a little bit of facial hair, dark, dark brown. Hardy, or he's got black. like glasses. He's got glasses. Let's see. Let's look him up. Hardy. Yeah, um, huh. I've met that dude in, in person like 
last you year. Matt Hardy. <laughs> he played yeah. at the Fillmore. Let's see. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I have no idea who this person is. I was like, oh, okay, well, a lot of people here. You uh, met yeah, just like, hey, how you doing? Like, I was cleaning the lawns at the Fillmore. Uh, Fillmore, New Orleans. I yeah, they were right now. Why? Because I wasn't like, oh shit, it's Hardy. No, just because like it would be someone that doesn't know who he is. Yeah, I had, dude, I had no idea who it was. <laughs> there was a, uh, there was an issue. We went up there to clean the lawns, and while we were there. They had asked if we can check out a, um, I don't know what it would be called in Canada. Uh, we call them coal boxes or like, uh, it's like a, it's like a keg system in an ice chest. And it's got like a, a you know, you know, pull slot, like you would do in draft, like a faucet. Uh, one of his, one of his lines was leaking and I was taking a look at it and they were about to go up on sound check and they walked right past us and said hello for a second. And then the dude stopped to get a water. Well, like his group did, and they were talking to the manager uh, that I was standing next to, and we had, I was just said a little something and went back to fucking working. I had no idea who it was. (laughs) I knew his name, but like nobody that I know really talks about him. I didn't know he was big. Oh, yeah, he's huge. Or not. Uh, Yeah, it had to be, it had to be last year or the year before that, like, it was in between uh it was after i after i left my current job well you know after i left my southern eagle and then when i came back to southern eagle um from my work injury so somewhere no, in between there like Corey, i would i would probably say probably like he's like one of the, the i don't know i'll try not to and... i'll try not to bring my own bias i would say he's top five but at least top 10 in like all of country music right now nice although like rednecks may have elevated oliver anthony to number one so who knows if that really i don't know who that is <laughs> oliver anthony he's your uh your your big old ginger boy oh that guy is he really picking up like that good for him he's the I'm my yeah, yeah. soul. Yeah, the TikTok guy. <laughs> I think that song is still like number. I I actually hate that song. Dude, you were singing the fuck out of it. One day I was like, "Hey, don't you shut up?" <laughs> well, like when I first heard it, like I never thought it was like an amazing song, but I was like, "It's kind of funny." And now I'm just so sick of it, man. <laughs> Heard that. Heard that. Um. Well, yeah. Anyway, um. I guess. Uh, Welcome. Kind of getting into the summer talk here and recapping, sort of, you know, cold, cold opening. Um, but yeah, it's because this is officially the first episode of Habs Nightly season five. Season um, five. Absolute craziness. I don't know how. What a crawl to get here. <laughs> it it's actually nuts, Corey. Yeah, I know. I, I saw it this morning. I was like, oh my God. Like Chicklets started their new season like two weeks ago. And I was looking around. I was like, oh my God. Is the start of season five? <laughs> Is it where 
We really are. It's five years of this. I can't believe it's five years, five years later, Corey, because when we, when I, when I started without you, (laughs) this is a true story. (laughs) I couldn't drive yet. I couldn't drive in a car. Oh, Jesus. Um, Five years later, here we are. Um, I'd be interested to see if the voice has changed at all. I might have to go back and listen to an old episode one day. Um, I think it's absolutely crazy (laughs) that we've hit half a decade here at this point um if you if those of you have been here from the start like congratulations like thank you so much here we are we made it boys like we're half a decade (laughs) um but we we've oh sorry we've shot the shit for a little while here um but let's start getting into some uh season five Habs nightly stuff what do you say gray absolutely um so this weekend, it is currently Monday, 8.14 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Habs have wrapped up their rookie showcase tournament. They had two wins and a loss. Um, yeah, no, two wins and a loss. They beat the Sens and they beat Boston. Lost that Buffalo, Buffalo game. Jesus. Buffalo game was was we were watching that one live before the bar. Um, it was really great. It was just like that. once they did something, like once they put it up on the board, like not even thirty seconds later, they scored on them. It was stuff. Yeah. Um, the I knew like you knew Buffalo was gonna be a tough game because <laughs> that fucking prospect just cabinet they have is Mm -hmm. absolutely just disgusting on all on all ends like you've got Matt Savoie you've got Zach Benson there's just they're they're decked out they've got such a good um prospect pool but seeing Zach Benson play as well as he did I can't lie to you, Corey. It hurt. It hurt a little bit. <laughs> he oh, just shit. like, because I'm sure you guys, if well, I know Corey, you'll remember. Mm-hmm. I was a big Zach Benson at number five guy because I never thought we'd have a shot. Oh, yeah. Dude, dude, I was... At Mishkov. Um, to see him fall to 13, I think is just crazy. Teams are going to pay for that, and I think the Habs are going to be one of them. Now, that being said, no. Like, before I get into this next part, no, Rhinebacker did not make me feel like we should have picked him at five in this rookie tournament. But at the same time, I do feel a little bit better about the pick. Um, Corey, I don't know how much you got to watch, but... Saw the first game. I I, I saw the first game. But I didn't get alerts that was they were more <laughs> a little upset. Uh first game he looked he looked uh there was like one or two shaky plays, but for the most part, um there was a lot of there was a lot of like uh press by Buffalo. And I felt that when he was put in a situation where he had to make like a no n- you know, no thinking move, uh he did pretty good. And um I felt like he moved the puck pretty well first time seeing him yeah like 
I guess to expand upon what I was trying to say, he didn't make me, how do I put this? Other top prospects, guys in the top 10, Benson outside of the top 10, mm-hmm. they were wowing with their talent at their respective rookie showcasings. Um, yeah. You feel Connor like his Bedard, was his was a little what, reserved. <laughs> Connor Bedard scores a hat trick in his first game. Adam Fantilli scores a phenomenal goal. Leo Carlson scores a phenomenal goal. You see Zach Benson, what he was doing with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to sit here and say, yeah, we made the right pick. Because he didn't wow. You're right. He didn't go end to end or anything like that. But I have, you know, taken to reading up on Rybacker more and watching the limited highlights there are. And what I did see was that Ryan Backer was playing to his strengths. Like he actively didn't try to go end to end. He made, he, he made good plays. He was good in the neutral zone. He was good in his own end. He didn't mess up. And yes, he's playing against other rookies and young guys, but he was, one of the youngest guys there and these are the other right. top prospects right so i i don't think to say that Rybacker didn't make me feel he deserved fifth overall i don't even mean it as an indictment of his play i just mean based on what other people did however yeah, I there was a lot of explosion from the the top group this year absolutely and however, his was a lot more reserved yeah, but I do think Reinbacker played well. Yeah, it also it doesn't help well. in his position that you know the the four in front of him were all like very explosive offensive players, and then the number fifth pick was a defenseman. So I feel like they went off, but maybe Reinbacker's you know plays more of a res- you know a reserve game, you know. Uh, but I do feel where you're coming from. Like it wasn't that level of like raw talent, I guess, like right up right up in front of us. First glimpse, maybe. He's never gonna be Lane Hudson, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying he won't be a better player than Lane Hudson. He very like I hope he is. At fifth overall, you would hope so, right? Mm-hmm. But when I say that he's not gonna drive the offense like a Lane Hudson, like a Kale McCarr, like an Adam Fox, like a Quinn Hughes. He's not right. going to do that. I think, and this, as I've watched more and more, I'm not sure that this is a perfect um, comparison. Um, and I, I'm not, like I said, I'm, I'm not a big prospect guy. We have Sebastian High for that. We, we reach out to him when we really need them. Right. However, I think his play style is going to be very similar to like an Eric and an Aaron Eckblad. And I don't even mean maybe play style, just career trajectory, sort of, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Aaron Eckblad, first overall pick, six foot four, 215, decent skater, decent offense good at everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Aaron Eckblad, I don't think is like you look, you look back at the 2014 NHL entry draft, Ekblad shouldn't have gone first overall. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree. 
But you also can't say he was a bust. <laughs> no. Because he's a good player, right? He's a very good player. And I think he's one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. I wouldn't put him top five. Or I might even put him outside the top ten barely. But he's a very, very good player. Mm-hmm. And he's just solid at everything. Like, you need an Aaron Ekblad to win championships. And you know what? I'm more convinced today than I was at the draft that Ryan Backer can be somewhat like that. Be, be our everyman. Be our solid, dependable, play-anywhere defenseman. Nice. Hell yeah. I felt there was yeah. a lot of there was a lot of promise. Uh he was he was under pressure a lot in that first game. Um and was able to move it, you know, when he can when he could, was able to at least get like a second touch off of it. Like he was able to move it into an area that wasn't so congested. I think that's pretty strong. No, absolutely. I thought he played good. Um other prospect, truthfully, I didn't watch enough of the other players almost when I was watching. I, I was really watching Rhinebacker a lot. Mm-hmm. Another guy I looked out for was Logan Mayu, who first game against Buffalo was dreadful. I didn't get yeah. to see the entirety of the Boston game, but he was playing a lot better. And I heard well, that's good um, from others that he played pretty well too. I mean, I'm curious though. Like, you look at the. The players we had, the rookies, there, there's clearly going to be a lot of youth um, playing for Laval this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. But they are going to run out of a room. So you, like, you, we're, we're going to have a lot of guys playing in the ECHL too. And I th- what I think is interesting about this year's rookie camp and kind of rookie development camp is that a lot of these guys are the new regime, right? Yeah. Not all. A lot are like your Joshua, your Sean Farrell, um, your Riley Kidney. Like they are they're the old regime, but they're being developed in the new. And you've got guys like Philip Meshar, um, Ryan Backer, Ty Smilanic, Emil Heineman, who are all Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon pickups. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to kind of see they're gonna they're gonna grow up together, right? Like I don't know that we've had a youth movement like this in a very long time, at least not in my lifetime. Have we ever really experienced it other than the Hamilton Bulldogs team in like 2009 that won? Mm-hmm. Was it 2007? The the team that had Price, Pacioretty, PK. But I truthfully, I was I was like five years old. Like I don't remember that team, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. And do I agree with what like a lot of people that say we don't have the star talent, especially on forward? Yeah, I do agree. We need that blue chip prospect. But there's absolutely a youth movement. You can absolutely see it coming. It's it's we're watching it before our very eyes. Like. A lot of those guys are going to be NHL players. And yes, I, I agree. And I understand the crit, the criticism that you need to have franchise players to make franchise movements. But 
you also when you're drafting you need to hit occasionally too right so having Mm -hmm. nhl players helps us um so that being said with all that sorry long way to get there Lots of space, lots of spots in Laval are going to be taken. The coast NHL team is very crowded, but we won't go. So we won't go that far. But who do you think, Corey, is going to make a push this year at development camp? Because I've got a few names, but I'm wondering if you have any that you've been looking out for that you think are going to make a. Maybe not. We won't say make the team yet. We'll we'll watch some preseason games before we make those predictions. But who do you think are going to make a push this season? I'm hoping kind of this Owen Beckett and stay really late. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, and uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I'd like to see uh, my eyes on Mayu, uh, Wa. <clears throat> um. Shit. Hang on. Um, fuck, buddy. I'd like to see a little bit more of that uh, Mazar kid. Um, the where is Mayshar? Yeah, I think, it, like, truthfully, of all everyone you've said so far, maybe it was the most interesting to me because I kind of agree with it. Um, personally, I think he probably should have gone back as an overager to the OHL, mm-hmm. but I think. I I'm I kind of feel like Kent Hughes and Gordon just wanted to get him at the organization so they can really start to ramp it up. I feel like he he had a really good last season. Um, I think he had a decent last season. I I, I think Mayu is one of those players that I understand what scouts are saying because when you watch him, you see it. If he had proper development. Let's ignore why anything has happened and let's just look yeah. at the player in an isolated bubble. Mm-hmm. He's missed a lot of development and his IQ was never something that scouts were raving Well, like about. hammering on. They were hammering on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So to miss that time, I think is detrimental. Personally, I would say go to the OHL. Um work on those things try to you know because the the head is the head space is not there you don't think and process the game fast enough and you don't show pro tendencies mm-hmm. however i get the impression that Hughes and gorton are looking at it from the other angle and which i don't entirely disagree with that he is already such a man and he possesses such natural talent and athletic ability he just he missed out able- on the teaching aspect. Well, not even that, but he was able to lead the OHL in goals by defensemen mm-hmm. and put up 53 points in 59 games because purely of natural athletic ability. Mm. And okay. that, I guess what I think the team is looking at is saying, maybe that's detrimental. Maybe he needs to get burned because otherwise he won't learn. Right. Similar to like a mindset of like, the kid, the, there's a kid in every town who was the most disgusting, let's say soccer player, right? Mm-hmm. They were disgusting. They played house league. They they ruined everyone. Maybe they went up and they played like single A, double A equivalent. I'm just going to, for hockey terminology here. But they they were so far ahead of everyone, but they just, they never, they never moved up, 
right? Yeah. Well, sure, they were disgusting when they were 10 years old, but now we're all 16. They didn't move up and everyone's caught up to them, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that's part of Logan Mayu's issue is that he's always just been better, right? And the head, yeah. he, he's never had. He's got nothing to compete with. So I, I, I'm interested. Yeah, I, I really do think whether or not I agree with that. I don't think Mayu should play in the NHL this year. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely think I'd like to see him get his, his chance. Like, I feel like things have calmed down and his game. It might not have been as big as expected last season, but still like. uh like showing like there's that asterisk, like, you know, we're not just, you know, give it another year. Like he made a good enough push for us, for me to feel like he deserves a chance. Um, I don't think it's, it's all there. I, I, feel, I, what I, I me, guess, yeah. Like to me, like I, you, like you were saying, like it's raw talent. He missed out on time to be developed by people to point out good behaviors and he was able to figure that – well, not figure that out, but he was able to use just the talent at his disposal to make up for some of that missed time. And I feel like maybe Hughes and them are like, okay, if he makes a splash, he at least goes to the you know the AHL and gets to get a higher level of training that he missed out on. Yeah, well, what I'm trying to say is that I, I don't think that Logan Mayu is talented enough to play in the NHL. And no. I would argue that I don't think he might even – I don't even think he – I think you could argue that he might not even be talented enough to play in the AHL. Mm-hmm. But I think the Habs are going to try to push him. And I think that's what this is why about. So that's why I think he's a, a pretty solid candidate for making it far in camp. Um. Also, apparently living with Paul Byron, Paul Byron and his family. So Sick. clearly, you know, he's he's done some things and he's surrounded by someone that had to grind his ass off, right? So mm-hmm. – Hopefully uh, things will work out there. Um, another player though. Um, this one, I think, more obvious. Um, that I think can make a real run. Um, Sean Farrell. Now, oh, I think Owen Beck is the obvious one. I think if you you look at it, you're gonna see. Yeah, Owen Beck's probably gonna make a run in camp. He did it last year. He's had a lot of time to improve. Mm-hmm. We'll see what he does. He seems to. He seems to me like he's very 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 fucking committed to making the team like he you watch him and you look at the interviews with him and he's he's locked in right like he has a goal he wants to get there um sean farrell for me is the the guy that if i had to pick like a sleeper pick like maybe a oh maybe it's bad to say sleeper pick because he played games in the nhl last year Mm-hmm. but he's my guy that I think is really going to make a push and maybe an unexpected push um, as opposed to anyone else, including Joshua, who I personally have an undying love for. I just think Sean Farrell, I can just see him sticking around. He's talented enough. He's smart enough. He's going to do what it has. He's going to play the game the right way, and he's probably going to score some points in preseason. I wouldn't be shocked if he's even on the roster by by the end of preseason. Heard that, Josh Farrell though. Um, no, Sean Farrell, Jesus. Um, last season had a great Harvard uh, Harvard point uh, 
I'm sorry, 53 points uh, in his season with Harvard. He had a goal with the Canadians and scored in the uh, the World Cup for USA. Um, positive, <laughs> positive uh, on at every level last year, in some capacity. Um, Did you say the World Cup? It says uh, WC. Figured it was World Cup. World champions. Sorry, sorry, sir. Sorry. No, he he was phenomenal for the U.S. Though, um, played very well for them. Played six games for the Habs last year. We saw what he did at Harvard. Like I just, I had there's no doubt in my mind, honestly. That feeling comfortable. Some, yeah, I just, I, I really, really think that he's gonna break through in a big way. Um, come preseason, even though he was kind of. A little bit quiet for my liking at the rookie tournament. I would have expected to see a little more from honestly from all the, the big three guys at mm-hmm. that the big three being Waugh, Farrell, and Beck for me. Um, I would have expected to see more from those top line guys, but I I just I have a feeling. I don't know why. I just have this feeling he's gonna really show up and probably turn a lot of heads. Well, that would be fantastic. Also, another one. I don't know enough about this guy, but Emil Heineman has to be like something close special. to pushing it too, right? I don't know if yeah. he's something special, but like what he did in Laval last year, seven seven goals in 11 games. Never got a call up for the Habs, but you'd have to assume that he's got to be high. Like he's probably going to make a push too, right? Like he just... Like he's right there. Has that shot and that big frame, and I I don't know enough about him to even really talk about him though. I haven't seen him. I've never seen him play live. I've only ever seen the highlights of him in Laval. But I guess I would throw his name in there as well. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of youth at uh, the Habs preseason this this year. Absolutely. Um. When did we get him? Do you remember? We got him in the trade for Tyler Toffoli. Or no, was it? Or was it Ben Sherrod? It might have been Ben Ben Sherrod because he was drafted by the Panthers. He was second round 2020. Okay. Um, Who was drafted by the Panthers? Uh, Heineman. Heineman? Then we got him from Calgary. Really? Because I thought yeah, we moved. So he was he was traded to Calgary. Yeah, it wasn't a fully trade. He was traded to Calgary okay. by the Panthers for. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember the deal. It, it was a weird. I remember it being a weird situation because he was such a high, highly touted prospect that got traded early in his career twice. It was for the. It was in the Sam Bennett deal. Hmm. Emil Heineman was the, the major piece in the Sam Bennett deal. So clearly Florida and Calgary both valued him. And then he was traded to Montreal um, along with uh, like the first and Pitlick. Okay. And then Smilanic is the one we got from uh, Florida in the, in the trade. Heard. Uh, pretty good numbers, dude. Not gonna lie. Uh 
playing in the SHL for what the past since 2020. Well, no, he played. He went to Laval last year. For oh, I'm sorry. Year. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll see that. Okay. Hell yeah. But I mean, since since 2020 though, has played with men. Yeah, like that's the thing. I'm I'm not. Not always the greatest. Excuse me, I was fucking sneezing. Was, Jesus, I was in like a SHL guys coma. All good. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know like what what level that is, but um, for him being 21, and for what since 18 or or younger, playing with an older group, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I feel like he is slept on by myself included just because I don't know enough enough about the guy. Um, I barely get to see him play. But hopefully with him being in Laval, well, getting some preseason games, hopefully, and if he doesn't make the team, you know, playing in Laval, we'll see more of him. And I, I am – that is a player I feel like I need to – I need to do my homework on Emil Heinemann. I, I, I'm sleeping on him a little too much, I think, but – Definitely excited for um preseason, like watching hockey. I was so starved for hockey until the rookie showcase came, and it really didn't help me because I just I cannot wait for the regular season now. Yeah, um, it was really tough to find it down here. I know you said YouTube TV, and once I f- figured that out, that was awesome. But like, wasn't wasn't really advertised, um. It didn't make well advertisements didn't make it this far down, <laughs> uh, but from what I did get to see, it was uh, it was fantastic. Um, it was not enough. It was a bite size to be like, oh shit. Well, we got two weeks maybe, you know, and some change, but uh, was was not enough. No, definitely not enough. And yeah, I was just fuck. I need I need that hockey season to start and hopefully once preseason like I don't we can't even we're, we're so close to be able to be heard that well scrap it technical difficulties uh, that sucks but anyway both excited about Emil Heineman yeah and the uh, I guess I'm I'm just fucking frustrated because we're so close to the regular season where I'll be able to talk about a lot of hockey stuff. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like get into the nitty gritty, even preseason, we can start kind of making projected lineups and seeing who's playing with who, like, but we're just not quite there yet. We need a couple weeks. Right. Um, before the regular season starts, but we do have, um, we do have some more hockey news to uh, kind of get into here, but before we, before we even get there, speaking of the regular season, NFL regular season just started. My fucking Miami Dolphins are 2-0, baby. Tua throwing darts. Tyreek Hill catching everything. Bill Belichick losing and crying. It has been an amazing start to the season. And luckily, I think we have some football talk from our friends at DraftKings. That's right. Uh Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? It's DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get your get your NFL Week 3 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 age 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in, I'm guessing that's Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility. Terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Mason also, Ravens are 2-0. and First game was a little... uh a little nerve-wracking uh second game was man joe burrow is definitely definitely still hurt from whatever happened in the preseason uh he's not joe like himself right now feisty yeah. well he's getting murdered every game yeah he's getting his o-line is like his first his first year again just getting destroyed uh i guess whatever i was gonna make a joe flacco reference but <laughs> <laughs> How about uh I know it's an early start to the season though, but how about Kansas City too? I didn't watch them yesterday. I, uh, I'm not caught up what happened. Lost again? Or just tough game? Well, they they beat the Jaguars barely. Barely. 17 to 9. Like they just they I think Mahomes hey, I don't, like two touchdown passes. No shit. I don't know this the outcome of the Bills game, but Josh Allen also looked I think he might have snuck away with a win, but he wasn't. I don't know. It seemed like he well, was did just you not see short two, passes. Um, Kadarius Tony dropped like four passes their first game that they lost. Oh yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was a joke. Um, but not as much of a joke as the fucking Columbus Blue Jackets organization is. Like. Where do you even want to begin with that, Corey? I'm sure you've been following that a it's little bit. It's fucking interesting, and I'm a little nervous of it. Not going to lie. I'm a little nervous of it. I think, I think you know what? Whatever. The season hasn't started. You can... Bro, the season hasn't started yet, and Babcock's got himself fired. Or he's resigned, sorry. Yeah, like, no. It's... Yeah, it, it's fucking wild. I'm happy it's during the off season before like the sports talk really kicks back up, and hopefully it can get, you know, washed away. But what the fuck, dude? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I, I just the whole the whole like story was a mess to begin with because you had, oh, sorry, 
you had Biz and Wit, mostly Biz, just shitting on Bab. They've shit on Babcock relentlessly and mm-hmm. honestly, rightfully so. But <laughs> going after him and they've been doing it for years. So people assume that it's just a a personal vendetta. And you have these big time journalists fucking coming out here and saying, oh, you guys don't have any sources. Like you're wrong, blah, 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 blah. And then lo and behold, guess what? Oh, Biz was right. Like, it's just... I I don't know why people were giving Babcock the benefit of the doubt. People actually take those stupid player fucking, like, press release messages seriously. I think it. this is just exposed what we know has been going on. And it's already been exposed before. That hockey is run by a fucking old boys club. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Guys are growing up and they're not willing to fucking take the bullshit anymore. They're going to speak up. And if biz and wit, people may have issues. I don't with Barstool, whatever. Like, that's your personal opinion. I, I get why people have some issues with the organization, but you cannot have an issue with what biz and wit are doing. If they're willing to stick up for players and they're willing to be a catalyst for players to get out from under terrible fucking assholes like Mike Babcock, then all the power to them, honestly. I I won't say a single bad thing about them. Because you look at this, if if Biz didn't say anything, Mike Babcock would be coaching them all season. Yeah. And Lord knows what he would put them through. Now, like, I've seen people chalk it up to saying, like, Oh, Mike Babcock. Well, before I get into that story, just a, a quick rundown for those of you who may not have heard. <laughs> Mike Babcock got um, accused by Paul Bizanet of going through guys' phones and going into their camera roll, players, that is, and like airplaying them and like going through their private stuff and all that. It was then rebucked uh, by Boone Jenner himself, the captain of Columbus, and Mike Babcock in a press release. Spitting Chicklets got dunked on by a lot of big-time media guys, and then some more players came out and testified and validated it. The NHLPA looked into it. Mike Babcock stepped down yesterday. So in saying that, if Biz hadn't said anything, Babcock would be coaching the whole season. And Lord knows what he would be doing to these guys. Now, people have made excuses and said, oh, like, maybe not excuses, but they try to explain it by saying, oh, maybe Babcock just, you know, because the older guys, Goudreau and Jenner, said they had no problem with it. And one of the arguments I saw was, well, obviously, Goudreau doesn't have a problem showing family family pictures because he moved to Ohio to literally be close to his family. He's a very family-oriented guy. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, is there some validity to that? Is it a logical argument? Sure. But you cannot tell me that Mike Babcock deserves that much benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that Boone Jenner and Johnny Goudreau's experience was probably a lot fucking different than some fourth line kid or some undrafted any you know what I mean like guy that you think Babcock you really think that you're you I just (laughs) 
it, I just baffles me that this decision was made and that Yarmo Kekalainen still has a job is crazy to me. Um, the guy's been there 10 years. Everyone knew from day one that this was a terrible fucking decision. You're signing Mike Babcock, a guy who is famously t- just done these terrible things in Detroit and Toronto. <laughs> Famously terrible with young guys. We've seen him try to get through a rebuild in Toronto. How did that go? It didn't go very far. It didn't go very well. We've seen countless players come out and like really go out of their way. Like this, these are hockey players, guys. These are NHL players. They don't talk shit about coaches like that. The amount of hatred there is at for out there for Mike Babcock. You have guys like Mike Commodore that say Mike Babcock is the worst person alive. Like, guys hate him, okay? And Yarmo Kekalainen and Columbus decide that they're going to hire this guy to coach one of the youngest teams in hockey. Like, it was destined for failure. <laughs> I just, I don't know if anyone could have foreseen it blowing up quite this badly. Yeah. And I just think it's an absolute joke. And I hope it's another, this is another step in the direction where we say the old boys club needs to be torn down. Because I I agree. You know what I mean? Like I I get, they make millions of dollars. I don't have a tremendous amount of sympathy for professional athletes. Like you see basketball players complaining all the time. Yeah. Even soccer players, baseball players, like you guys make a lot of money. Okay. But no one deserves to be treated like less than human. Mm-hmm. And assholes like Mike Babcock have no place in the game of hockey. Well, so I'm hope hopefully this is a step in the right direction, right? But it just the fact that he got a, another chance and a job is just crazy. Well, how about how about how how terrifying he must be for players to the point to where <laughs> This is how we see Mike. Like Mike, Mike Babcock is so notorious that he was hired by an organization and then resigned before the season could even start because people were like, "I'm not doing this." That's not why it happened, though. It <laughs> happened because he was going through their fucking personal photos. But that's what I'm saying. Like he's so fucking crazy. Like, but I, I just, I don't like. There's no. Imagine your fucking boss. Wanted to go through your family photos. I get that it's a it's a sport, but and you know, coaches, you got a different fucking mentality. If I was still playing soccer at a high level, and my coach wanted to go through my fucking camera roll, that freaked the fuck out. Do with soccer, the same way. A hockey player's fucking family has nothing to do with the game of hockey. For better Mm -hmm. or for worse. Like, look, Evander Kane, piece of shit, right? Mm -hmm. Not a good guy. His family life should have nothing to do with the game of hockey. Yeah. Shea Weber, Carey Price, family men, their family life should still have nothing. It doesn't matter. It's your job. And, like, yeah, like, I, I... I don't understand yeah, why no. any that that was a very apologist for Mike Babcock, but yeah. there are, they do exist. You know, honestly, I I didn't look far into it. I just said, well, not surprised. 
scummy move, heard the stuff on Chicklets, and where everyone's discussing like the whether how do how do you take the Babcock situation? I just moved past it quick enough, um, and mentally just started thinking about like what's the ramifications for for Chicklets because of this. I don't see bad things happening, um, but I do feel worried that uh, because of something like this, it could be a double-edged sword. Management doesn't want more players talking to them, and we see a a drop in some of the current NHL or future NHL players being more reserved due to the management. Yeah, honestly, I I see what you're saying there, though, but like – I would have to. I think that they're, I think that as players, they're like, this is a voice that steps up for us and they're positive to it. I don't see management being positive towards spit and chicklets. What I, what I would get to is that I, I don't foresee one, I don't foresee the NHLPA allowing management to dictate who, what media outlets their players talk to. Right. I'm sure it's happened and I'm sure it will continue to happen. But also guys don't like the the younger guys aren't worried about that. They're worried about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people hate that. And to to a certain degree, like I do get it. But also you gotta look out for number one at the end of the day. Yeah teammates are like your brothers i get it you you live and die with those boys but at the end of the day it's a job and those are your coworkers, and that's your boss you don't owe them you owe yeah. them more loyalty i think than i would owe a fucking my nine to five right but when it comes to abuse and stuff like but that, it still holds the same going tone, on chicklets yeah. and talking to your buddies i don't foresee that being really a problem i think if anything guys are going to want to go on chicklets and other podcasts like that and really express their views because you know what they're seeing now that you don't have to be afraid. Yeah. You can look at look at what change happened and all it, all it took was someone to, you know, to use their platform to. No. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't foresee that being a real issue. That, that was my only scare scarcity for it i guess um was that what what affects would it have on chicklets moving forward i feel like it would empower oh, those, the those group. guys have so much money Corey. i'm not i know worried. it's not it's not a money thing i just meant like um would we see a backlash of like like the people that do the the players that do talk to them like you said these younger guys they understand that you don't have to give your life away to something you can actually live your fucking life. So that's what's cool about these young kids. And there's like a lot of people see that as arrogance. They just try to live. Um, but the teams that don't have issues with them, you can tell that those teams are like in a forward progression state. And the ones that have the backlash, um, probably you're led by like, you know, still like a hard regime of like old, old fucking men in the game that are just like, nope, y'all ain't going to talk to them. I feel like the Islanders is one of those teams. You know, I mean, they've even joked like previously, like the, um, like some incidents that got them in some into some shit a couple years back, um, and like, just like them dogging a team and like, you know, just saying. And I know sometimes it's joking, but if, after so many times of you saying like, the guys from the Islanders aren't aren't allowed on our 
they don't, you know, they're not allowed to come on the podcast. I think they even said that with the Rangers guys, you know, um, I know yeah. management doesn't like it. And I know that this now would force management to be like, we don't like this shit at all. And the players are like, fuck yeah. It's, it's like having a union rep. <laughs> That's beloved by fans, you know, by everyone. Yeah. Um, I think we're getting a little like Corey just, I think you're getting a little off. Mm-hmm the whole Babcock train here, but like, I, I do see what you're saying. Um, just to kind of like reel it back in. I am curious to, um, to see how, um, our own coaching staff with the Habs, uh, kind of take things and, and run with it this season, the expectations, you know, I think are going to remain kind of similar. The Habs are probably going to finish dead last in the Atlantic, but with less, um, cause the Habs truly, they added through subtraction this season mm-hmm. with less veterans occupying top four and top six spots on the roster. I'm uh, interested to see how Marty St. Louis and Alex Burroughs, you know, they've had some time now. Can we establish a power play? Like, how are we going to utilize our forwards? So I'm, I'm very interested to see um, and what they do and kind of how they approach it. They've had a whole summer to figure it out. And we're going to, you know, begin to see that in preseason, which is only in a couple weeks. So I'm I'm really fucking excited to uh, see that, see what they've come up with. And hopefully, I hope it's you know, refreshing. That we have some nice innovative <laughs> ideas. I still, I still think uh, St. Louis uh, is close enough to the modern game to where he hasn't had a chance to really utilize his, his what he wants the team to look like. I just hope that uh, we can get the power play fucking. I'm not expecting like you know <laughs> perfection, but I'd like I'd like to see it become a little bit more dangerous. Um, that's really my number one goal for this team next year is to to start moving. To feeling like the power play is moving in a better direction than just a stalemate every single year. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, got any closing closing remarks, Mason? Closing remarks. Um, I got something we can end on. Sure, go for it. Uh, the 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 frustration of of. There's not there's not a lot of NHL news, but one one of the NHL things that came across my stream my screen last week was uh, the NHL and I guess the Players Association is willing uh, or is interested in seeing if a third try in Atlanta um, would would bear fruit, and it just it pisses me off for every eligible city that doesn't have an NHL team and in former cities that are begging to get theirs back um, for them to even spout out that Atlanta would be a good place because that's where that's where TNT and um, fuck who else is down there is ESPN down there it might just be TNT but you wanted a a closing statement and then you've brought up something that's going to piss me off for half an hour. Well, yeah, we'll get a taste of it because we're not going to talk about it next week. I know we're not. <coughs> no. I'll want to talk about it and you'll be like, I've I've moved on. So close out with some aggravation. I think it's fucking uh, bullshit. 
I think Atlanta Atlanta got their teams at the wrong time, and that's that's unfortunate. Just like Hartford, uh, just like I guess maybe Kansas City. I don't know. Um, I think you just need to look at it from a realistic perspective, and I don't think I'm out of pocket for saying this, but like, look at it for what it is. One, Atlanta's in Georgia, mm-hmm. and I fully accept that hockey in the Southern United States is growing, but I would argue that it's doing a lot better in Arizona than it is in Georgia. You got a lot more players from Arizona than in Georgia Mm -hmm. and Arizona is not doing too hot right now. Secondly, look at your fucking demographics. No, I'm no fucking U S geography whiz, but I don't think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Georgia is a predominantly black city. Is it not? Georgia is a state, but Atlanta. Yes. Sorry. I meant Atlanta. So that's what I meant to say. Sorry. Yes. Atlanta is it's it's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. like heavily African American, right? Mm-hmm. And like, let's be honest. Like, I don't know a lot of black kids in Canada that chose hockey over other sports. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Like we, you, and it is growing in the in the black community. You have guys like Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg trying to grow it, and that's great. We want hockey for everyone. But when you're making a fucking business decision, like the the black community in the U.S. predominantly does not watch hockey. So So, you've got two things going against you right there. And the third, and I think maybe crucially the most important, they've lost the franchise twice. twice. Now, maybe it's a good thing because we Canada ended up with the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets. So... Maybe it would be the only way Quebec is ever going to get a team is if they plant a third one in Atlanta and it ends up back in Quebec City. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the route to uh, Quebec's success. I don't know, but <laughs> I think the NHL is fucking ridic- ridiculous. Like, if you want to put a, I think... another team in the South, I, I, I still think Quebec, even as a Habs fan, Quebec should have a team. But you've got fucking Houston right there. That's what like, I'm screaming, dude. That is what I'm fucking screaming. Put, put the team anywhere but Atlanta. Yeah. And I will be happy. If it goes to Atlanta, dude, you're just you're making another Coyotes. That's I was going to say, doing. if it goes to Atlanta, it just gets moved because my, my thoughts are this. The Gladiators have a great pull down there with the <laughs> ECHL. That's fantastic. It's not going to support an NHL an NHL franchise. Those people will be there. It, it's about getting everyone else. Um, yeah. Num- number like- two, how just because TNT and Biz and them are fucking unreal right now, you know, doesn't mean TNT doesn't move locations. Uh, it it won't. It might not happen, but it could. What if TNT doesn't get the doesn't sign up for the NHL? After their contracts over, that's the only that's the only reason they're going there is because their headquarters are right there. They want a team in market, but at the same time, it's like, dude, like, okay, in four years, if they don't renew their contract, okay, we got a team down here. Uh, the local mega, you know, mega sports market 
um, I don't know, pres- whatever channel is not doesn't cover them. It, it, it's too risky. Your risky bet was Vegas. It paid off. You went with Seattle, paid off. Why not? If you're gonna make, if you're gonna bring it to the South, why not go to a guarantee, like a guaranteed yeah, but, hot spot? But Seattle, Seattle and Vegas, like I know Vegas has a lot of teams now. Vegas didn't have any sports teams. When yeah, I know. I know that was a game. That's what I'm saying. Like, Seattle, was a big Seattle, 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 Seattle only has. There's less competition too, is what I'm saying. Atlanta has yeah, their Atlanta's got team. everything. They got the fucking Falcons. And if you love the Falcons, you're a diehard Falcons fan. Uh if for Hawks. some reason you like the Hawks, you're probably a diehard Hawks fan, or you're not even that big of a Hawks fan. They got the Braves, and people are diehard fucking Braves fans. There's well that's the other, part of why too, like I know this is so stupid, but no wonder the Thrashers failed because they're literally the fourth fucking bird team in that goddamn city, too. Yeah, and the Falcons weren't that great. The Hawks were never great. The Thrashers weren't great, and the Braves—I I don't—I don't remember the record back then, but they were—they were okay team. It was probably the most watched thing there was the the Falcons, who was a letdown, and the Braves. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a stupid idea, and honestly, I don't even want to. Texas, Texas is big. Uh, I, I would love a team to be fucking five hours away. Would love it. That's yeah. so cheap. Well, That's so cheap to go to that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I I think it's a ridiculous. I don't think the NH- yeah. NHL is expanding again. To be honest, I think I would 30- love for them to expand. Yeah. I don't see no, it. I, but this conversation can go on way too long and. Truthfully, I have a nursing paper I need to okay. write. So we'll roll, up, we'll roll out. I'll just say this: if it was to happen, that would mean that there would have to be a thirty-fourth team. So we would get two teams out of it. If we had to sacrifice a couple of years in Atlanta just for them to move move on, whatever. But I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be fucking happy. All right, uh, take us out, Mason. All right, well, thank you guys once again for stopping by listening to Habs Nightly on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're doing that backwards today because we just wanted to get started with the cold open there. Um, Yeah, happy to be back, happy to be broadcasting uh, from the new house. So that's pretty cool, first episode here. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the preseason games and we'll be excited to get talking about that again. So... Thank you guys once again, and we'll see you guys soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.